and welcome to Additive Insight, your source for news, interviews and comment on the latest 3D printing and additive manufacturing intelligence brought to you by the TCT content team. I'm Laura Griffiths, TCT Head of Content, and on today's episode, we welcome Sherry Monroe as our latest executive interview guest. Sherry is the executive director at the Additive Manufacturer at Green Trade Association, a global nonprofit established by metal 3D printing specialist Centavia to promote the environmental benefits of additive manufacturing technologies. With a leadership background that spans both non-profit and for-profit organisations, Sherry joined the AMGTA back in June at what she described as a critical point in the association's development. On today's episode, Sherry talks to TCT about the AM industry's commitment to sustainability, the importance of life cycle analysis, and why we perhaps shouldn't be so quick to label something as greenwashing. If you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And for more additive insight, head on over to tcmagazine.com to get your free print subscription to the mag, plus the biggest 3D printing news stories of the week delivered straight to your inbox. Hi, Sherry. Thank you so much for joining us on the Additive Insight podcast today. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you very much. Congratulations on your new role at the AMGTA. I guess to kick things off, what made you want to join the organization? Uh, Well, thank you. Yes, I've uh, really received such a great warm welcome from uh, the whole organization, the board of directors, the AMGTA members, and really the entire uh, AM community. Mm. Um, It's really, really been terrific. Um, started things off with a bang and uh, really uh, enjoying getting to know everyone. And yeah, it's been great. So what was your experience before joining the AMGTA with additive manufacturing? Right. So this this role, when I was first approached, really intrigued me. It uh, really made use of, of my background and just sort of my interests as well. Mm. Um, I've uh, I've worked for a couple of very large uh, nonprofits here in the U.S., and so I have that experience of bringing together um, sort of a broad group of stakeholders around a common cause and understanding their sometimes competing objectives, and they have their own things they need to accomplish, but bringing them together uh, to address a, a particular issue or, or initiative. Um, and I also have a background, uh, you know, in the for-profit side and in innovation. So this is very much like that, not only in the fact that this is a new organization, it's only a couple of years old. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot that's, that's happening and a, a lot of wheels turning. Um, but also that innovation side of, of new technology and getting that out there and helping a broader audience understand the value and the potential and so this role sort of brought all those things together. And so uh, that was really of interest to me. And I know um, based on a, a previous conversation, you talked about actually your understanding as well from um, like, I think it was a bit of engineering experience that you'd also had from family members. And can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Well, my dad uh, and my brother, uh, lifelong machinists, tool and die makers. Uh, my dad was one of those guys who who could build just about anything. Mm. And uh, at that time, <laughs> during his con- career, it was not called subtractive because there really wasn't an alternative. Um, but, uh, you know, understanding that process um, 
and just seeing the innovation and creativity that went into that and, and how that played a role in, in the bigger uh, manufacturing ecosystem. So, you know, while AM is relatively new to me, um, in general, these conversations uh, feel very familiar. Mm-hmm. And I know, like you just said, AM feels uh, fairly new to you, but when you first joined the organization, you you did comment that you believe additive manufacturing does have the potential to be transformational in in how we sustainably manufacture it. Can you elaborate on that? Sure. You know, AM, uh, as you know, has been around for, for many years, but really is coming into sort of a new phase or a new stage of life. Um, where we're going beyond, you know, just using it for things like prototyping, which Mm is always going to be a big part of it because of of how effective that is. But really moving beyond simply making, um, you know, the same part, you know, that was made uh, traditionally and making that exact same part through additive. Now, there's certainly instances where that provides huge value. But I think where we're really going to see sort of this next stage is really where we're leveraging um, the power of AM design, where mm. we're really redesigning things to, to make use of the power of additive manufacturing. And the organizations that are able to do that now and, and leverage that are really seeing huge gains in what they can do. And so I think it really has the potential for really transforming the manufacturing uh, landscape and, and exactly where it's going, we don't know. Uh, that's part of any new technology. But I think it's really, you know, we're going to see, you know, uh, new processes, new supply chains, new systems, new products. And it's really going to be a matter of finding those best uses, right? AM is not going to be the right answer for everything. Mm-hmm. But finding those best uses is really where we're going to see um, uh, really big gains, I believe. Mm-hmm. So the AMGTA is still a, a fairly new organization. It's been around for, for just a few years now, but it's already grown into this, this huge network with so many companies already joining. And I wonder if you can share what your vision is now entering the organization. What kind of first steps are you going to be taking? Sure. So uh, as you said, it, the organization is, is just about three years old, um, and I've just been in this role a few months um, but at this at this stage, you know, we are really bringing on, um, uh, you know, we've had great interest in membership. So uh, we have a lot of, of organizations looking to join and we have a vetting process for that. We want to make sure uh, because this is not just about AM. This is really about sustainability through AM. Mm-hmm. And so we really want to make sure that we have organizations coming on board that that is also Uh, what they are looking for and can really be a part of that conversation. And with that said, we want to grow and really just um, move that conversation forward through our members. Mm -hmm. And just looking at some of the members now, it's it's not just the uh, additive manufacturing machine manufacturers. You've really got members from across that, that whole supply chain. Was that important to get that? Sure. And and that is very important for us, sort of looking at that entire AM ecosystem, right? I, I, I look at it as, as a spectrum, everything from one end being, you know, the companies that are producing the source materials, the powders, 
uh, the printing equipment, uh, the software, you know, through to the, the companies that are doing finishing and testing and supply chain, um, the companies that are making pieces and parts, the companies that are putting those things together into products that can be sold all the way out to the far end of the spectrum, which is retail, consumer goods. And whether those companies on that end actually do AM, they may not, but in their position in the ecosystem and in the economy and their size have the ability to pull that through rather than the other side, which is sort of pushing AM, they have the ability to pull it by having, you know, placing essentially put, putting demands on their vendors. We want products that are sustainable. We want products that, that uh, are more effective in the supply chain. And so they have a big, uh, almost gravitational pull uh, to, to, to push some of these uh, sustainability initiatives. And we think AM will be a big part of that. So really having representation of our membership throughout that entire AM ecosystem is really important to us because it really adds to our conversation and really adds to the, the ability for our members to collaborate, um, share better practices, and um, really you know, ad address the sustainability needs. Today's episode is sponsored by Nexa3D. Here, Michael Curry, Vice President and General Manager for Nexa3D's Desktop Business Unit, discusses ultra-fast printing on the desktop with the zip, the benefits of open versus closed material systems, and creating sustainable 3D printers and consumables. So people, once they get a technology that is four to, to, to eight times faster, you see this really big behavior shift where people don't go back. You had people that were would go to Blockbuster or other rental uh, locations and get videos. You know, they might wait wait a week to get uh, a video in stock. Then along came Netflix and kind of disrupted that with on-demand CDs. And then, of course, Netflix then got disrupted by, say, iTunes from Apple. Uh, then Netflix disrupted again with the idea of, of true streaming. So you don't see people who are streaming now going back and asking for uh, a cheaper overnight download from iTunes. Like that's, that's not the market anymore. And so we're seeing the same thing for 3D printers. Once you experience a much faster speed, it makes it very difficult for you to want to go back to a slower speed. Uh, so as an example, we just uh, had a client who just received the zip and he did a side-by-side -side print on another very common SLA desktop printer in the market. Uh, the print that he traditionally would do took him five hours. The one he did on the zip took him 45 minutes. So that's a seven times improvement. And what that means for him is that you know he can now print by the hour each day. Uh, whereas before he might do one print in the morning and then kick off an overnight print. So his productivity is going to be dramatically in increased. Or if you're trying to do a bit of a batch production of, of parts, you'll be able to get that many more batches done in a, in a given period of time. So I think that once people see that and experience that, it's going to be very difficult to go back to a, a, a slower process. Can you talk about the materials that Zip uses in regards to open versus closed material systems? So the Zip in itself is an open uh, platform for material development. We are really taking a close look at the various material providers in the marketplace, and we're curating and finding what we think are like really good materials. And then we will validate those. And in some cases also, 
uh, bring them into our platform and, and resell them. And we, you kind of get our stamp of approval that, hey, we think this is a really good resin. It's superior to its peers in terms of performance or some other aspect, maybe price, uh, value. And we'll make those Nexa branded. But then our systems are also open. So if you want to go ahead and, and find a resin that you prefer or a color that you need, we also have an open system where you can unlock all the same controls that our internal process team uses to develop resins. I understand that another way the, the ZIP has been built is to really consider sustainability. How does the ZIP ecosystem address this? A lot of people complain in the desktop space around the amount of waste that's generated. I think mm. people in the industrial setting, maybe they, 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 they know that waste is a byproduct, but I think at the desktop, when you're using a printer as an individual, it maybe come, might come as a bit of a surprise. So the one thing that the two things we're doing in terms of our resin management, uh, we are using aluminum uh, bottles that uh, they themselves can be made from recycled material, or they can also be recycled themselves after use. We also have the ability to refill them. And then the second one is in our vat system. So we have an interchangeable membrane and, and a solid metal vat. So when your membrane uh, exceeds its life or maybe has a puncture or something like that, you can just simply unsnap the membrane and dispose of that and snap a new membrane in. And that, that's a really big uh, improvement um, compared to some of the other systems where you're basically throwing away the entire vat. And that's a lot of uh, energy that you're throwing away in that process. Uh, so those are the two things around resin management. And then I guess lastly, the zip itself, uh, we chose to make it an all metal machine. Um, many desktop class machines are made out of plastic. So we're kind of making this sturdy, robust, rigid system. And then our goal in the future is to uh, make modular enhancements to that core. So you, you, don't, you don't end up throwing away your printer just because you want to upgrade its internal components. For more information, visit nexa3d.com. And speaking of that entire ecosystem, I wanted to ask you about the life cycle analysis projects that we're seeing within additive manufacturing now, because the AMGTA has commissioned its own. It's very first with the Rochester Institute. Um, I wonder if you can give us an update on where that might be up to and, and any kind of takeaways you're seeing from that up to now. Sure, sure. That's one of them that we have underway right at the moment. Um, we are expecting that one to wrap up soon. Uh, that one's an interesting one because it studies both the um, the impacts of AM uh, manufacturing, but also AM designed. It's looking at a part. Uh, it's not very big. It's about four or five inches long. It's a bracket that goes on an on a engine on a Boeing 767 uh, uh, airplane. And so it, it, it not only are, has the part been replicated through additive manufacturing, but it's really been redesigned and optimized uh, for light weighting. Mm. So it's doing, it's not the same part, but it's doing the same job. And this part as manufactured, as redesigned and manufactured is about 20% lighter and about 50% more durable. So it's not only replacing that part, but actually producing a better part. And as anyone, you know, can kind of imagine if you have a lighter weight part that goes in any kind of uh, equipment or, or vehicle that is then moved by fossil fuels, you can make it lighter, 
It requires less fuel, which creates less CO2 emissions Mm -hmm. Um, on top of the benefits of just the actual additive manufacturing process that has some has uh, sustainability gains. So it's really kind of that compounding effect. And so uh, we're really excited to get those results. We should have those before too long. Um, And then we also have another LCA that's underway right now and a couple more we're getting ready to kick off. So we're really excited about all of those. They kind of represent different phases and different stages within the AM ecosystem. And um, I think they'll really broaden the conversation. Mm -hmm. And of course, it's not just um, these life cycle analysis that we're seeing within the AMGTA. Some of your own members have actually been carrying out their own two companies like 6K and Materialize have launched their own projects. What what do you think this says about how seriously the AM industry is taking sustainability and its commitment to it? Right. I think it demonstrates a a true commitment, right? Talk is cheap, as they say, (laughs) um, and actions really um, are are where it's at. And the work that 6K and Materialize and others are doing um, is is so important because it doesn't, it, it provides information, but it also shows the transparency involved in this, right? Transparency is critical because transparency leads to credibility. And you can't if you're making claims or suggesting that things are more sustainable you really need to be able to demonstrate that and through these life cycle analysis you know part of that process is actually defining what the life cycle is right so how far back do you go and how far out do you go in the life and the end of life of this product so really studying that full life cycle because where the gains are um, are in different places than it would be through traditional manufacturing. So it's important to study that entire life cycle and, and to be transparent about those results. And part of that process, I believe, too, is not just at the end of it, was this more sustainable than through traditional Um, But it's also studying those stages, which stages were more sustainable, where we can take those learnings and those be transferable um, to other products and other industries. And where was it less sustainable and be able to look at those and and say, okay, we need to do more work there. What can we do to make all of those stages more, if possible, more sustainable? Um, And so, you know, whether, uh, you know, when you go into this with a hypothesis, sort of like anyone who's helped their child do a science project sort of knows that scientific process, right? You know, you have a hypothesis, you experiment, and you come up with some conclusions. Um, And whether it, it, it comes out favorable or not, you've still learned a lot along the way. And it's important to share that. Mm hmm. Because there is, of course, a worry around greenwashing and additive manufacturing due to the assumption that AM is inherently green by nature because you're using less material, you're you're hopefully manufacturing close to the point of where you need this end use part. But of course, it isn't as simple as just using less material and and having a 3D printer, um, you know, in a shoe shop, for example. (laughs) Um, Where do you think the biggest challenges or unknowns currently lie? Sure, you're right. AM is not going to be the answer to everything. And it's uh, going to be really important to find those best uses. And, uh, you know, and and like you said, it is not going to be more sustainable in every situation. It is not necessarily 
more sustainable just by its very nature. There are certainly aspects that are, but it's really going to be important to, to, to find those areas where it is. And, and to your point about greenwashing, you know, that is, is difficult to quantify in itself. And, and I think we have to be careful around labeling um, greenwashing, mm-hmm. whether it's looking in the hearts of an individual or looking into the heart of a, of a corporation. Sometimes it's hard to assess what their motivations are, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think we all know that there are companies that simply want something they can put in a paper or put on their website and say, we're green and sort of move on about their business. Mm. Um, while other organizations truly are committed to this. And sometimes those first steps uh, that companies uh, make may look like greenwashing, but it may just be their first steps. They went for a couple of easy wins. What can we do quickly, easily? Like, why wouldn't you do that? Right. The, the low hanging fruit, let's, let's go there first. And so I think we have to be careful and labeling some of those things as greenwashing when it just may be they're getting started. Let's recognize that. Let's applaud that. Let's assist them. How can we help them share learning so that they can move further? Um, but you're right. It, it really is. It, it really shows up in the actions, and um, and you know we can see what companies are really doing. So you know over time, I think that does kind of work its way out, and we can see what what. Uh, companies are really doing. But um, what I see in our membership is companies that are truly committed to this. This is not something that's being forced on them, uh, that they see this as a, as a strategic benefit, not just something that their business is being required to do, but they actually see the strategic uh, value in this. Mm-hmm. I did want to ask you about some of those, um, those kind of easy wins, because in a recent AMGTA panel session that we hosted at our event in the UK at TST360, it was suggested that, um, you know, additive manufacturing can really open up new business models to allow companies to be more sustainable. And perhaps it is in those situations, like you mentioned earlier, being able to redesign for sustainability or, you know, manufacture close to the point of need, those sorts of things. Are there any kind of easy wins that you're discovering that businesses maybe can consider for implementing additive with a sustainable mindset? Yeah, you know, that is uh, the 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 potential is so broad hmm. that within every industry, they're going to find their easy, their easy wins. You know, it may be for a company that produces a, a, a consumer good, their easy win may not even be in the production of their products. It may be in their operation and being able to create spare parts for their equipment that, you know, they can no longer get spare parts for, uh, you know, so those wins are really going to be as broad as the industry. But I kind of look at this as similar to, you know, back in the day when IBM was first putting out XT computers, you know, on every desktop in every office. Mm. And at the, and when that first came out, it was sort of a glorified typewriter, right? It was doing word processing and that was remarkable. But that was just the beginning. And where that led at that moment, I think it would have been impossible to predict you know, what we're doing, you know, that I'm sitting here, I have a laptop that I'm talking to you through, you know, across the ocean. Um, and, you know, that that would have been impossible to predict at that time. So how this technology and this sort of 
revolution uh, evolves and unfolds is really hard to predict, but it really is like that where this is very much like, you know, an explorer. We're not exactly sure what's over the next mountain or on the other side of the water, but we're going to go there and we're going to figure it out. And, and it's very exciting, very exciting time to be involved in this. I think that's a really positive note to end on there, Sherry. Is there anything else that either listeners should know about the AIM GTA, perhaps uh, where to look for more information? Oh, absolutely. Visit our website, amgta.org. Um, we are welcoming uh, new members, uh, companies that are, are committed to sustainability through AM. Come join our conversation and our collaboration. And uh, yeah, we're, we're excited to see where this all goes. 